2: Odyssey app, Toby Altizer, taking you up until Nationals baseball in about 40 minutes. And we'll head out to Williamsport, Pennsylvania for the Little League Classic between the Nationals and the Phillies, the rubber match of the series. And this Nationals team has been so much fun to watch. If you haven't been watching them, or at least listening to them with Charlie and Dave on a nightly basis, honestly, you're missing out. So, this is a team coming into the season didn't have very high expectations. I think we all understood that. They were a team that, I I don't know that you're expecting 100 losses, but I projected right around that. I projected 65 and 97, and they should get past that. They're 56 and 68 right now, and they're a team that has been so much better as of late, and they're playing fun baseball. They've earned the name the Scrappy Nats. They're a team that the pitching has been good, the bullpen's been better, the hitting overall's been better. Like It's a team that you're starting to see trend in the right direction. And even if it's not a playoff team this year or maybe even next year, you're starting to see growth. And I think it's important for these young guys. You know, the C.J. Abrams, Caber Ruiz, Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, all the young guys. I think it's important for them to play baseball that's meaningful and winning baseball. They need to figure out how to do that at the big league level and they're starting to see that. You know, they're not gonna get into a wild card spot this year and who knows if they can get close to 500 next year, but they're at least starting to play competitive against some good teams. I mean, this is a team that like we were talking with Pete Medhurst earlier, this is a team that was atrocious against teams with winning records earlier in the season, and now they're starting to turn it around, and they're playing good against everybody. They're a team that wasn't sweeping anybody, and now they've had three sweeps since then. You know, there's a team that stunk at home, and now all of a sudden they've been very good at home. So you've seen growth all together on this baseball team, and it's been really encouraging to see. And so I wanted to do what I'm going to, Call the August Recap. Basically, this is something, if you're not on board with this Nationals team, even though they're not going to be competing for anything, like a playoff spot or anything, they're still fun. And so if you've missed out, I want to show you some things you're missing out on. So we're going to go through August. They've been 11-6 and six this month, and they've had some fun ones. And it started out with their first win in the month of August, August 2nd, against the Brewers, they had a walk-off at home from Alex Call. Here's the call on the Nationals Radio Network.
3: Now the kick. Here's the pitch. Swing a ground ball. Chopped to third. They're going to throw home. The throw is wide off the glove of the catcher. Rolling the backstop. Here comes Vargas to the plate. He is saved. Two-run score on a ground ball to third. And a wild throw to the plate. And bang, Zuma, curly W's in the books.
2: And those sort of fun things, yeah, it probably isn't going to mean anything down the road because one win in August isn't going to change the Nationals' outlook. They're not going to suddenly become a playoff team. But this team is so much fun. Watching that, watching Alex Call just put the ball in play, make something happen. You know, that series was so much fun. They find a way to win two or three against the Brewers, a team that's fighting to get into the playoffs. That was just the start of it. August 6th. The Nationals took on the Reds, C.J. Abrams, Lane Thomas, Homer on the first two pitches of the game. They go out there. It's the first time in Nationals history that they went back-to-back on the first two pitches of the game. Fantastic. And then August 8th, the Nationals are playing the Phillies. Out in Philadelphia, Joey Manessis comes to the plate in the ninth inning with the game tied. He'd already hit a home run in the day. He comes up, and here's the call on the Nationals radio network.
3: Pitch, swung on, belted a deep left. Oh, for no more. It is gone. Goodbye. Joey Manessis with his second home run of the night. And as many at-bats. A two-run homer to tie in the seventh. Bang,
2: zoom, he goes here in the ninth. Just again, a fun baseball team. A team that's made comebacks. A team that keeps fighting to the end. You heard it when we were talking with Pete Medhurst who does Nat's Talk Live after games on the National's Radio Network and this team you get 27 outs. That's what you get to work with every single night and they use all 27 of them. Sometimes it's down to the 27th out, but they fight every single night and do their best job and sometimes they come up short, but they're going to try their hardest. And that's something that you have to give Davy Martinez so much credit for that this team No matter what, fights until the end. They don't give up. This is a team that could have mailed it in. You know, it's a team that's not playing for anything of note. They're not playing for a playoff spot. They're not playing to win the division. They're not even playing for a draft pick at this point because of the new rules with the CBA in baseball. They can't get the number one overall pick, and they could be the worst team in baseball, and they cannot pick higher than 10th. So they're not playing for a draft pick. They're not trying to lose games for that. There's literally, if you look at this, other than the fact that they're professionals and expected to go play, there's not lots to play for. But they go out every single day to try to get better and to win that day. And that's a credit to Davey Martinez. And then you get the A series where the Oakland A's rolled into town. And you get August 12th, Caber Ruiz First pitch off Lucas Ursig in the ninth inning walks it off. K-Bat okay, Ruiz leading
3: off. Oh, first pitch hit to deep right field. This is way back. This ball is going, 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 goodbye! Bang! Zoom goes K-Bat Ruiz on the first pitch from Lucas Ursig.
2: And I think you're starting to see some of that excitement grow around this baseball team because you've seen bigger crowds. Now, some of that in this series is because Philly fans are traveling down, but you're seeing bigger crowds than you saw earlier in the season. I hadn't seen the stadium this empty early in the season like it was against the Tampa Bay Rays in what was, I think, either the second or third series of the season at home. I hadn't seen something like that, for the Nationals. And that's because there weren't high expectations coming into the season. This team wasn't going to be very good. But you started to see some of that excitement come back. You started to see a little bit more buzz at the ballpark. You're starting to see the team click and play hard together. And they're winning baseball games in fun fashions. And the Nationals, they've already won the series against the A's. They have to... You'd love to see them sweep the A's, but they're down by five going into the ninth inning, but they don't give up. And then August 13th, an 8-7 win after a six-run comeback. Here's the highlight from the Nationals Radio Network. The kick, and here it
3: comes. Breaking ball, line drive, left center field. It's a base hit! It's a base hit! Here comes the winning run to score, and Dom Smith... And they're racing out to mob Jeter Downs. He has fired his batting helmet 50 feet in the air. The Curly W's in the books. And if you walked out of this park sometime before the bottom of the ninth inning, you, you blew it. it. The Curly W's in the books on the first hit of the year for Jeter Downs. Final score with six runs home in the bottom of the ninth inning. Maybe the win of the year, the Washington Nationals 8,
2: the Oakland Athletics 7. Fantastic, right? I mean, you can hear the excitement at the ballpark. Something that was missing early in the season, after games, Davey Martinez is being asked about the crowd. Again, I'm not trying to fool anyone here. This team is 56-68. and They're going to finish below 500. But the crowd's been better at Nationals Park. And there's an excitement around this baseball team. And some of it has to do with what's going on in the minor leagues as well. Dylan Cruz continues to play well. James Wood continues to play well. Brady House. All these guys. There's an excitement about this baseball team. And it's so exciting to watch this major league team go out there every single night. And we're going to get into a player spotlight in the next segment and talk about guys that are playing well. But seeing guys go out there and play really well. You know, you go to the Red Sox series. And... They bounced back after the Red Sox tied it in the eighth inning. It was 2-2. Two to two. Cabert Ruiz comes up, three-run bomb. Stone Garrett had two home runs that game. In the Red Sox series, Joey Manessis had five RBIs August 17th, and Stone Garrett had three RBIs. Like that Red Sox series, again, a good baseball team, a team that's fighting for a playoff spot. They found a way to win the series. They've just been so tough to finish off. A team that's so annoying for teams that are contending. You look at their record, you think, oh, this team's going to be someone we can at least take two or three from. And then they just fight and fight and fight and fight. And if I were a bullpen arm on a team that's facing the Nationals, I would be so sick of facing this team because they never give up. They never give away an at-bat. It doesn't matter how much they're down. You know, we talked about that six-run ninth inning comeback. They already had an out in the ninth, and then they kept on coming. They kept on coming, and they finally finished it off 8-7 to in that game. It's a team that never goes away, never gives up, and you saw it again the other night, the first game of the series against the Phillies. The Phillies come up in the fourth inning. They get six runs, and the Nationals, they weren't going to have it. C.J. Abrams capped off a six-run bounce-back inning in the fourth with a three-run bomb. Here's the call from Dave Jagler the pitch
3: so we get a long drive right field way back goes castellanos to the bullpen and it is gone and the nationals lead seven to six cj abrams with home run number 12 a three-run shot into the nationals bullpen the phillies scored six
2: the nationals score six wow what a comeback and again it's a team that just doesn't give up Yohan Adon goes out to the hill. He gives up some runs in the fourth inning. The guy that's on the hill for the Phillies is a guy that just no hits you not that long ago. The last time you saw this guy, you didn't get a single hit off of him. And they go out there and they chase him before the end of the fourth inning. That's the mentality of this baseball team. It might be bad one day. It might stink. But they're going to come back and they're going to fight their tails off. And they do it every single night. And that's a credit to Davey Martinez and this ball club and Mike Rizzo as well. These guys come out and they fight every single night. And if you can't hear the excitement in the ballpark with these highlights we've been playing, they, <laughs> I don't know what you're listening to. You're missing out. If you're not watching this team, they go out there every single night in battle. And sometimes they come up short. They have games like last night where it doesn't go their way and they give up a lot of runs and they lose the game 12-3. to But whenever they get a chance, they fight to the end. And it's so much fun to watch the young guys grow, seeing C.J. Abrams on that home run. Man, did he enjoy that one. I think he was probably only 10, 15 feet out of the batter's box when the thing landed because he was admiring it. Then he flipped his bat and ran around the bases. But I would just say, like, I understand that we're starting to shift into football season, but don't forget about the Nationals down the stretch here. They're fun. They really are. This is a team that, you know, maybe in 10 years, 15 years, you're not going to remember all the guys that played on it. But I think if you pay attention down this last final stretch, you'll realize this is a fun baseball team to tune on every single night and check out. This is a team that goes out there and fights their hardest every single night. You can see growth from the young guys. You can see how they've developed throughout the season. You can see guys like Jake Irvin, guys that you didn't expect to be a part of the rotation, go out there and play well. You can see guys like Mackenzie Gore go out there and show you, oh, we might have an ace on this team. You can see guys like C.J. Abrams, oh, that's why you traded Juan Soto and got a guy like that. You can see a guy like a Stone Garrett, who you expected nothing from, grow into a player that's now playing every day. And we'll get into some numbers on these guys in just a little bit, but... It's just been such a fun last, really, month and a half or so of this Nationals team that they've earned the name the Scrappy Nats because every single time that you want to count them out, you just can't. They fight. Donald, have you been someone that's kind of been following the Nationals or you kind of tuned them out a little bit? or?
4: Uh, I've been kind of in and out, not as much as I would like to be, but like hearing you talk and definitely going through these highlights and things like that. Makes me wish I was more in tune this season, but I have been kind of in and out to kind of answer your question.
2: Well, and that was kind of the goal here. Like, I don't want to fool anyone that this team is going to be anything more than a team that probably finishes last in the NL East. But this is a team that's been fun to watch. And I think it's someone that you can enjoy every single night because the fun part is in a couple of years, we're going to look back at this as a fun season, kind of a, a bump in the road. Because hopefully, next year, you're approaching 500. 2025, you're approaching a wild card spot. 2026, maybe you're approaching a division title. Maybe 2027, building off that, you're approaching a World Series title. That's kind of what I'm hoping. By no means do I think that this is the best season the Nationals have ever had in terms of enjoyment. I would much rather them be 20 games over 500 and competing for a playoff spot. But I think you're starting to see the growth in the young guys and the stuff that gives you hope going forward. And that's why I think, you know, this is something that you can own as a Nationals fan where you're starting to see the turnaround. You're starting to see the kids playing well and give you hope for the future. And that's something that you didn't necessarily have early in the season. You had so much uncertainty about this season. Was CJ going to improve off of last year? Was Kbert going to be a guy that you could depend on behind the plate? All these things. What were you going to see out of Josiah Gray? What were you going to see out of Mackenzie Gore? And so many questions have been answered and more this season that it's been just such a fun ride to watch this team. 800-636-1067. You want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Let's get out to Michael, who's in D.C. Michael, what's going on?
4: Hey, guys. Um, my observations are pretty much on point from what I've seen and I thoroughly enjoyed watching the game. All year really, because that, that attitude has been all year long. Now the this hot streak, it coincided with c e a Abrams going from eighth and ninth to beat yep. off. Yep. That spark with Lane Thomas going to second. Now you and Manessas and the whole group then dropping down. Oh, you got some you got some speed, you got power, you got youth, you got everything going on. So that's his natural spot. And that was, that coincides with what this takeoff. The other is and I give David Martinez total credit for that. Because my eyes break when he did that, it's like, what are you doing?
2: Yeah.
4: Is he too young for this? Uh he's not hitting great down the eighth and ninth. But man, when he got the leadoff and all the stealing stolen bases and everything else, now you've unleashed him. The other is what I don't under didn't understand, and I'm glad they're now changed. Didn't they see Stone Garrett what he was doing? He had line drives all over the place. Even before they, they platooned him with Corey, whatever, and the Dickerson. Yep. You only saw left handers. He's smashing left handers. Don't y'all see who this kid is?
2: Yeah, he's Once been he fantastic. The
4: game, he's been, fanta- he been fantastic all year. He never got the full chance. But when they shipped Corey Dickerson out, now, Stone, all right, it's on you lefties and righties, he's done the same thing. Yeah, and he's just been marvelous out there. Now you got your corner outfielder. My last thing is, then getting nothing at the plate from center field. Call is great. I agree. Defensively, not great, but very good. Bring Cruz up. Just give him a few more bats. Bring him up just like they did the Reds. I mean, Seattle did Griffin. He's that good, just like they did with Bryce. Bring him up. You need a center fielder. That's all I got to say.
2: Appreciate the phone call, Michael. And yeah, I don't know if I would go Cruz yet. I don't know if I go Wood yet, any of those guys. But you do need something out of the center fielder at some point. But you got so many guys coming up that can play center field. And that's the beauty of the Nationals is this season you found a couple guys that you didn't expect to be a part of it. Jake Irvin. Maybe he's your fifth starter going forward. Did you expect Jake Irvin to be a part of the future? I mean, maybe a bullpen guy. Now you're looking at possibly a fifth starter, Stone Garrett. Okay, we'll just throw a, we'll just take a chance here with this guy. He's huge. He's jacked. Maybe he can hit some bombs for us. All of a sudden, it's making a difference. So it's something that you see with all of these guys. And I think, you know, he brought up CJ Abrams at the beginning, and I had the opportunity to talk to him this past week before one of the games against the Red Sox. And I asked him, I was like, dude, you've, you've really turned it around. You've really changed. What was it? And he talked about some of that comfortability of hitting in the leadoff spot. That's where he's always played, and now he's getting a chance to play there every night. And that is a credit to Davey Martinez. You know, it's a guy that had really struggled for the beginning portion of the season. He wasn't, he showed flashes in all facets of the game. He'd show you something defensively. He'd show you something on the base pass at the plate. But he was never really consistent, and now you're starting to see consistency in every part of his game. He's hitting for some power. He's stealing bags at a crazy rate. He's getting on base. He's playing good defense. Like He's showing you the reason why, at one point or another, he was a top-five prospect in all of baseball. So I'm very excited about the future of this baseball team and what these guys are showing you. All right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, I want to talk about some of these guys that have been – Really good of late. And I want to spotlight some of the numbers on guys that have really shown well over the last couple of weeks and since the All-Star break. And then we'll lead you right into Nats and Phillies in the Little League Classic coming up here on 106.7 The Fan. More Nats talk comes up next.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
2: Last little ride here on 106.7 The Fan before we turn it over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler out in Williamsport, Pennsylvania for the Little League Classic here on 106.7 The Fan. So I want to spotlight some specific guys that I think have had a really good second half so far. Number one guy, and you heard it mentioned by our last caller, is Stone Garrett. This is a guy that now has the fifth highest war on the Nationals, according to baseball reference, behind Lane Thomas, Jamer Candelario from his time here, C.J. Abrams, and Josiah Gray. And if you just look at the overall numbers, they're good, but his August numbers have been spectacular. In just 13 games, 381 batting average, 429 on base, and a 667 slug for a 1095 OPS. He's had six doubles, two homers, 12 RBIs. He's been a totally different player, and he's playing every day now. He's a guy that did struggle against right-handed pitching early in the season, but now he's starting to put together really good at-bats against righties, and he doesn't look like a platoon guy anymore. And his overall numbers, he's got an 825 OPS, 17 doubles, 9 homers, 279 average. Like, this is a guy that could play every day, and you'd be fine with it. So, again, this is the thing that I think has made this season more successful, maybe right behind the development of the young guys, is you're finding guys that you didn't expect to be huge parts of the future looking like they could be. I mean, the Nationals now have a crowded outfield. You have Garrett playing well, Lane Thomas is around, you got Wood and Cruz and Hassel and maybe Elijah Green down the road. It's Looking good for the Nationals in the outfield. And Stone Garrett has been someone that has really shown out well the last couple of weeks, and specifically, you know, this last, in August. Cabor Ruiz, another guy that has really turned a corner. I'd love to compare these numbers for you. First half versus second half. 73 games in the first half. Second half, 30 games. 226 average in the first half. 339 in the second. 279 on base in the first half. 407 in the second half. 639 OPS in the first half. 9.75 OPS in the second half. Seven doubles in the second half compared to 11 in the first half. Six homers compared to nine in the first half. I mean, this is a guy that you're totally fine with paying what you did to keep him locked up long-term that you've seen in the second half. And some of it seems like, you know, he was kind of the guy that was the poster boy for bad luck in the first half. Hitting the ball hard, but not really getting the ball through. And The expected numbers loved him, but his actual numbers weren't that great. Maybe you're seeing some of that, but I think you're also starting to see some of the plate discipline that you'd like to see. This is a guy that doesn't swing and miss very much. He's very good at putting the bat on the ball. His problem was he would chase out of the zone too much, and just because you can hit a ball doesn't mean you should hit a ball. And instead, what you've seen is 16 walks in the first half already at 12 in less than half the games. So you're starting to see him be a little more selective on his pitches. Impressive. Very impressive. Stone Garrett, Caber Ruiz, C.J. Abrams. I don't even need to get into everything, just the stolen bases. He's tied for fifth in Major League Baseball now in stolen bases with 33. He's tied with Julio Rodriguez. Bobby Witt has 36. Corbin Carroll has 37. Estieri Ruiz has 48. And Ronald Acuna has 55. So he's tied for fifth in Major League Baseball in steals. His stolen base percentage is 91.67%. He's only been caught stealing three times. He has the highest stolen base percentage among these guys in the top five. And this is what's crazy. He had 25 straight stolen bases at one point. But Grant Paulson has been checking this, and you can listen to Bustin' Loose Baseball with myself and Grant Paulson talking about the Nats all the time on the Odyssey app. The first 77 games for C.J. Abrams, 24. 24 in 38 games. If you were to extrapolate just that pace over a 162-game season, you know how many steals he would have? 102. That's the pace he's been on since he really started getting unlocked and stealing bags. That's how crazy good he's been. And he's only been caught three times all season. Totally different player. A couple more here as we rattle through before we turn it over to Charlie and Dave. Lane Thomas leads Major League Baseball with 13 outfield assists. Now, the metrics don't love him overall as a defender, but he's been spectacular with his arm in the outfield. Kyle Finnegan, a guy that's, you know, I don't know where you think of him as a reliever. Do you think of him as someone that could be a closer going forward or a setup guy? His numbers as a whole are pretty good. 52 games, a 267 ERA, and a 111 whip. You'd be totally fine with that. But it's even crazier when you think about he got off to a slow start. His first three outings. His first outing gave up two earned runs against Atlanta, three runs total. His third outing gave up five earned runs against Tampa Bay. If you take out his first three outings, so really, last 49 outings, 51 and two-thirds innings pitched, a 157 ERA, and only a 208 batting average against, 53 strikeouts to 13 walks. This has been a a guy that's been a lights-out closer, basically, for this team this season. Because... You know, those, that's the thing with ERA for relievers. You have one bad game, and all of a sudden it gets ballooned. You don't pitch enough to really get it all the way down. But he's done so well over the basically the entirety of the season without the first week that he's been one of the best relievers in the National League. Looking at some other pitchers as we wrap up here. Mackenzie Gore had a bounce-back outing after his bad start in Philly. He's really struggled against the Phillies this season. But against Boston, I think he was on pace to maybe have his best outing of the year, even though that Royals outing might have had more strikeouts and maybe was better overall. And statistics-wise, is a much better team. Six and a third innings pitched, only one hit given up, no runs, only two walks, seven strikeouts. He'd only thrown 84 pitches with a guy on base. I think there was a real possibility he could have got back out there for the eighth inning if he would have got those two quick outs. But the blister issue on his finger, it's something that it's a little concerning that he kept saying that it's something he's always had to deal with. Hopefully, they can figure out some way that they can eliminate that or at least handle that. But that's the guy that gives you hope going forward. That's the guy that can be a front end of the rotation type guy, a guy that's, you know, we think about the Nationals, you think of pitching. I think he can be right in that sort of area. You know, Gio Gonzalez, that kind of guy, a lefty that pitches well for the Nationals hopefully on a team that competes for a World Series in a couple of seasons. And the last dude I want to spotlight before we get you ready for the Little League Classic, Jake Irvin. His last two outings against Oakland, six and two-thirds innings pitched, seven hits, two runs, no walks, six strikeouts. He did give up two solo homers. But again, he kept the ball for the most part in the ballpark, gave up those two home runs, but did a good job of limiting anything else. That's a good outing, and then he followed it up with a really good outing against Philadelphia yesterday. Six innings, five hits, no runs, two walks, and seven strikeouts. And again, Stone Garrett you could throw in this, maybe Kyle Finnegan, Lane Thomas, some of these guys. These are the guys that are a little bit surprising that help you out and can really help out a rebuild because if you can find some of these guys to plug in with the guys that you expect to turn out to be studs, that's awesome. They fill out your roster. Jake Irvin this season in 19 starts, a 4.47 ERA and a 140 whip. You'd take that all day. This is a guy that when he first got called up, Grant Paulson and I on Busting Loose Baseball, we're talking about him maybe going to the bullpen. That, that's kind of where we expected him to go. Now, he's pitching every fifth, every sixth day for you, and he's been really effective. So it's been really cool to see the growth of these guys. That's going to do it for us today. appreciate you guys hanging out and listening in. Always Good to talk with you guys about the Commanders, the preseason game coming up tomorrow against the Ravens. Appreciate my guy Pete Medhurst for joining me to talk about the joint practices and talk about the the Nationals. And if you missed anything from today, you can check out the podcast on the Odyssey app as well as use that rewind feature. Appreciate my guy Donald for doing everything behind the scenes, doing a fantastic job as he always does. You got Nationals. You got the Phillies, they're out in Williamsport, ready to go at it for the series finale, the Little League Classic. For my guy Donald, I'm Toby Altizer signing off saying, enjoy the night, enjoy some Nats baseball.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?